Do you think I'm gonna need this in my recession go bag? So I think there's a recession coming. I mean, maybe. I really have no business predicting two successive quarters of decline in gross domestic product, which is all a recession is, but I do have business saying this. The vibe in the United States economy is off. And my biggest concern is not for my retirement account, it's not for my investing portfolio on public, it's not even for the astronomical increase in the price for a bunch of asparagus at the Union Square Green Market. My biggest concern is for our collective psychological health. Because when markets shift, we shift with them. So let's talk about that market shift. Back in March of 2020, I was hosting my podcast at Morning Brew. And on the very day that we were told that we would be working remotely for the foreseeable future, I recorded what at the time I considered to be an emergency episode of the podcast. I spoke to a markets expert about what appeared to be a major stock market meltdown. That market meltdown turned out to be a small blip in front of what would become an incredible incredibly productive pandemic era for the stock market. I mean, look at this graphic. The performance of the S&P 500 during the first year of the COVID-19 pandemic showed us that maybe markets and investors really aren't all that rational. Maybe stocks really do only go up, no matter what's going on outside of Wall Street. It was that false sense of security that got so many people, myself included, to invest their own money in stocks and crypto on trading apps for the very first time during the pandemic. I'm gonna be vulnerable here, or more vulnerable than I usually am. Um, after being quite honestly, too afraid to financially commit to investing my own money after covering stocks and the stock market for five plus years. Uh, I decided during the pandemic around the end of 2020 to, for the first time, invest my own money into the stock market. I put about $1,000 into my public account and I began investing. Now, mind you, I invested that roughly $1,000 into the stock market in a year during which the S&P returned almost 17% to investors. Um, this is the value of my portfolio today. Let me know in the comments if you think I should ride it out because I am young and can make risky decisions, if you think I should totally sell, if you think I should buy the dip, if you think I should call a financial advisor. I, um, I could use a little advice here. But suffice to say, the pandemic bubble has burst. In October of 2020, Zoom was worth more than ExxonMobil. But now, not even the star of 2020, Zoom, is safe. Today, ExxonMobil's market cap is about 14 times that of Zoom. How about another pandemic superstar, Peloton, which just announced that in the last quarter it lost $757 million after sales tanked about 15% from the previous year. And don't even get me started on Coinbase. It seems that these losses aren't just insulated to the pandemic superstars, though. As of recording this on May 12th, the S&P 500 is at its lowest level in more than a year, teetering uncomfortably close to bear market territory. In just three trading sessions earlier this week, big tech stocks alone lost $1 trillion in market valuation. So the question is, why? Well, the stock market is under pressure, at least in part because of inflation. Of course, of course it's inflation. Recently, the Federal Reserve decided to raise interest rates, which essentially makes it more expensive or more difficult to borrow money in an effort to tamp down on inflation that had been caused by a too hot economy. I mean, you know inflation, it reduces the purchasing power of the dollars you spend. A little inflation is normal, but when I say inflation today, I mean, 
inflation, like inflation meaning the consumer price index, which is a measure of the average change of the price of a basket of goods and services purchased in an urban area, it increased 8.3% last month. So you might think that the Fed taking action on one of its two mandates to keep inflation around 2% is a good thing, but investors have interpreted otherwise. They see the Fed raising interest rates as the Fed threatening to pull back on what had been very, very easy monetary policy for many years. And given that inflation is still at generational highs, many investors think that this recent rate hike is not going to be the last. So if the Fed raises interest rates again, the astronomical growth that companies had gotten used to over the last decade and change is going to be a little harder to come by. Look, I'm as shocked as you are that I'm about to say this sentence, but in some ways, aren't we all the stock market? We got used to things being easy and we have forgotten that Easy Street is rarely a permanent address. After the Great Recession ended, at least on paper, in June of 2009, the US stock market experienced its longest ever bull run. We're talking 10 plus years of gains in the stock market. Consistent gains, gains that made people very, very wealthy. Gains that spawned new industries. Gains that kind of made money feel made up. But in June of 2009, I looked like this. I was about to start my freshman year of high school. I was 14 years old. Today, I am a 27-year-old woman with a minor in economics and a business to run. And I have never experienced a recession as a conscious decision-making adult. My entire coming of age, literally half of my life, and might I add the half of my life during which I started paying my own taxes, all of that has taken place during a time when money was so incredibly easy to come by and it really did feel like stocks only went up. I think I saw that attitude come to life most during my time working in the startup world. At least in my experience in the startup world, valuations are estimated as generously as fish are measured. Ownership is cachet. Money is everywhere. A buyout is your ticket to a different tax bracket. At least, that's how things used to be. Today, startup news is less about who got bought, who's going public, who added Tiger Global to their cap table, and it's a lot more about who is laying off employees, who is cutting costs, who is slashing their valuation, and who is just totally going under. In fact, in the first three months of the year, venture funding in the United States fell 8% from a year earlier, according to PitchBook. At least 55 tech companies have announced layoffs or shut down since the beginning of the year, compared with only 25 at this time last year, according to layoffs.fyi, and IPOs, which again, are really the, the main vehicle for companies to cash out of anything that they've built, they plummeted 80% from a year ago as of May 4th, according to Renaissance Capital. So. The vibe has most certainly shifted, as vibes are wont to do, but this brings me back to my initial concern, our collective psychological health. A 2013 study published in the Journal of Health Economics found that the 2008 recession, quote, reduced wealth and increased feelings of depression and use of antidepressant drugs, and that these effects were largest among respondents with high levels of stock holdings prior to the crash, end quote. Now, as you internalize that little quote there, keep in mind that uh, according to Schwab's research last year, 15% of current retail investors started playing around in the stock market in 2020. There are simply more people investing as individual retail investors today than there were during the Great Recession. And many of them are going to feel the effects of a market downturn 
on a personal level. I mean, they already are. Simply put, Americans are just bummed out on the US economy right now. And we're not even technically in a recession. Right now, Americans are reporting less confidence in the US economy than they were at the beginning of the pandemic, which by the way, was a time during which unemployment was four times higher than it is today. In fact, Americans are almost as down on the US economy right now as they were during the deepest depths of the 08 recession. I think some of that might be rooted in our own feelings of powerlessness. I mean, maybe you get a 5% raise this year, but it's still not going to be enough to keep up with 8% inflation. And the more I read about inflation these days, the more it seems that to a lot of people, there's just nothing to be done. Milk is more expensive, gas is more expensive, living is just more expensive. And it's not because they budgeted badly, it's because of a pandemic, it's because of a supply chain crunch, it's because of a land war in Europe. And those aren't easy problems to solve, and you and I aren't going to be the ones to solve them. So what can we do? First, we can get some perspective. We can understand that no two recessions are the same and this recession might not be as bad as the last one. We can understand that actually it's not good when stocks only go up and that adding a little volatility into the mix will create a better, healthier public market. We can understand that businesses actually should be profitable, not just prove they have a path to profitability. And second, we can believe in reinvention and not to get too witchy here, but there's something that's almost cleansing about a vibe shift like this one, if you approach it in the right way. Bill Gates founded Microsoft during a recession, Uber, Airbnb, Trader Joe's, Hewlett Packard, Venmo, MailChimp, they were all founded during recessions. So recession or not, bear market or not, Fed interest rate increase or not, my hope is that we can all employ what my dad likes to call the first rule of life, don't panic. This isn't going anywhere, but neither am I. So long as we don't panic, we're all gonna make it. And I will be bringing you the most innovative voices from the front lines of this very reinvention.